This here is an audio disclaimer. I do not own any of the rights of the music that will be played in this here episode. If you don't like me, just sue me. Do not boo me. And we really can figure something out. This is episode 90 of the Isolated Thoughts podcast. My name is Langston Mayo, and I thank you for joining. But quit all that shit. We're talking the intro music. Let's get it. Back to episode ninety of the episode of the of the episode of episodes of the Isolated Thoughts podcast. Again, my name is Langston Mayo, and I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for tuning in. Whether you one of my lovely Patreons, like Lydia, like Kyle, like Cyrus, like Thais, like Khalil, like Tim, like Sophia, if you one of my like if you locked in like top ten, you know I love you. you know I thank you over there. You know, reviews, reviews, reviews of something new, at least damn near once a week, if not every other week, on top of the podcast. Um, end of the year playlist, Perfect Picks is coming up on there. I got something else I'm going to drop on there. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, with, come on. Come, come enjoy the family. Uh, but yeah, if you, you I, I appreciate you tuning in. 90 episodes. It's not 95, it's not 100 quite yet, but I think it's still worth Noting that we've been doing this shit. We've really been doing this shit. And also, don't think, though, for one second, regardless of how, where you're at in the world right now, if it's cloudy, if it's sunny, that you can't look up, you can't look around. And, oh, my God, is that a... An X-File theme that we'll insert there, because now we don't have to do it in post-editing. <laughs> Again, I it's been, it's been a little bit since episode 89. A lot of moving pieces. I've been a lot of traveling. Uh, this year, I've been really blessed to do a lot of traveling for work, for leisure. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm grateful. I really am. It's uh, it's been a hell of a year, y'all. Um, I tend not to think too much about oh, what the New Year is to bring in that traditional like resolutional way. But as the year is starting to wind down a bit, I do also feel things like revving up. And so the anticipation of what's to come next, but we'll get into all that when it comes to the profit picks because this episode is going to be full of a lot of shit you guys want to say. This episode is brought to you by nobody. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no sponsorships right now. Mm-mm. We just unfiltered, unadulterated, sponsored, empowered by the love of all my patrons. Let's get into kind of the first thing I have off the top. Again, this is just kind of a reflective piece I had been sitting with, and that was that we've always, there's nothing new. We know that it's often said, nothing's new underneath the sun, yada, 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 yada. But there is something about, you know, the hyper-reactive culture we live in currently, from council culture to the accusations of everything and everyone being super sensitive. I, I do, that, that is a, a genuine observation that rings true in some regard that I also believe that we've always had, have had a hyper reactive culture and sensitive culture because again, I, I think I've laid it out that America has been a very conservative place for like long, long, like very much all of its existence up in except for pockets. You have like the civil rights movement. So you like, you have like the, mid to late 50s, really the late 50s. So, of course, Emmett Till's um, lynching and murder really kicked off the civil rights movement of this 1960s. And then you have, like, the anti-war movement of the late 60s going into the 70s and, like, the hippie, free love type movement. Outside of that kind of, again, even that was still was counselor culture, but it was a a very loud vocal minority isk in a way that outside of those pockets, you don't really start until Obama, you know, selling that good dope hope that you have this more pseudo liberal 
progressive mindset the country has now. And I'm bringing this all up to say, I, I believe that some, there's something different about now because you got to think about hip hop is counterculture. Punk music is counterculture. A lot of what are, rock and roll is all counter what was very stiff and acceptable and white and safe. But something, yeah, something arose out of this organic, like, okay, no, we're going to do it like this. We're going to shake our hips and gyrate like this. We're going to sit on the corner and talk about the steps and a broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stairs like they just don't care. And that to me is the difference between then and now that there's a, there is a lot of just sensitivity for the sake of. Again, I've talked about it many times before that cancel culture is a necessary symptom of unanswered pain and oppression. That now, yeah, every, like everyone's going to get blind, like blind bullet spray of account, uh, air quote accountability. But now, I, I, yeah, you, I just see like wh- where is there any organic push to do something different when I do see a lot of grown men and women who are just up in arms that they can't be offensive anymore. They can't just say racial slurs and use certain language anymore that if you're funny or if you're provocative, you can find another way without just shitting on people or just being, you know, a troll the way that I don't think that type of desire with the lack of internet prior to provided access to. And then we had real, real, movements or real pieces of art or real expressions that even if you didn't agree with it because again hip-hop hip-hop has really only become acceptable in the past like 10 15 years i i, I give it more than that. i give it more than that. i say probably the past close to 20 years 15 to 20 years but the 1990s through back <laughs> so hip-hop's origin in the 70s to the 90s you still have congresswomen and congressmen trying to shut down what all that rapping and dapping like we're not getting fuck the police we're not getting uncle luke and to like even though those things are very much like loud exclamation marks of history we don't even get just all, all hip-hop would have been reduced down to the vanilla ice and fucking mc hammer no, no disrespect to the hammer i know how you get down <laughs> i know how you get down but yeah that's uh it just makes me think about what like where are we where are we going where are we going with because there's always going to be a need for some type of counterculture because it kind of holds all society accountable and in check to say, like, don't be too, you know, desirable. Do not desire to be too homogenous and too monolithic that because you want to remain safe and ignore your history and different shit. But now, any way that people are zigging and zagging away from the, the crowd is... is uh, or whatever, you know, even the ideals of making America great again, right? Whatever that may be, that it's it's seemingly not oozing the authenticity of, oh, that's just how that person is. Again, regardless you can say about Kanye West, I, we won't speak too much about my boy right now, but <laughs> because I, uh, I do think that he is now in a position where I don't think he used to do a lot of things for attention. I think he just did them because that was just what he, who he was. Like, he, he is going to just speak his mind. People can say, you know, he was always self-centered and selfish. I, the way I look at Kanye is that you, you'll see, like, you'll see a classroom of like a teacher in a classroom showing kids how to draw a circle. Like, look at the circle. Now everyone draw a circle. Now you draw a circle. You draw a perfect circle. And Kanye was like, I'm gonna draw a triangle. Cause why? Why? Look, look at these triangles I have over here. I have an isosceles. I have an equilateral triangle. Look at all these triangles I got. You're not gonna make me draw this circle because. Me drawing triangles is going to make sure that everyone in this classroom can draw whatever shape they want to draw. And, and even if it wasn't all that, like, deep to it, that was always his thing. Like, And he did. It was really not for people to do exactly what he did, but rather that the option of choice and doing whatever you want to do, how you want to do it, even if it wasn't best practice. I think now he's been, like, pushed far left, or far right, rather. And he is, like, looking for any moment of, like, to get attention and so all the shit he's doing now is just like it's it's troll and hyperbolic. Like it, it's so unrealistic and un, un, inconsistent with I don't know really anything that uh, yeah it, it's 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 sad in some ways, but then also it's just 
I ignore a lot of it too, which I just don't know why a lot of people don't. Again, if you're, I guess if you're, you know, feel directly impacted by his actions, I can't, you know, take that from you or something, but I just don't understand why people that like are obsessed with watching train wrecks. And then like, then when you stop traffic and then you get upset, like everyone's all upset by the traffic jam now, like y'all didn't have to rubberneck. I promise. Like, yes, it is something, it is quite a spectacle to see. Um, but unlike this train wreck, this train wreck is like willing to throw kerosene on itself because he feel, he feels compelled to you know he's all, you know one eyes on especially things where he he feels he's been wronged or uh, he feels as though he's whatever the where whatever reason Kanye West has felt doing whatever he's done. Like, yeah, I don't have to like just because I disagree with something doesn't mean that I didn't cast it aside. I just I call it what it is. It's an unfortunate space of yes seeking attention validation of different things and but hey i know going back to the kind of the hyper reactivity piece of it all we all just want to make sure that we're all safe we're on the safe side of history we have to do the right thing let me virtue signal let you know but you know i've been down that road a million bajillion times before this is a music podcast and movie podcast film it's just it's actually if you want to ask somebody what is actually thoughts about you tell them it's a love podcast because that's what it has been. That's always what it will be. But on to the music, music on the music podcast. Okay. The first thing I got the way I wrote about maybe two weeks ago, I was in gym, you know, per usual. And I decided, just I forgot whose song came on. But the artist Sleazy World Go, I wasn't familiar with his name, but of course I was familiar with his song, um, Where the Shooters Be. I think it was Sleazy Flow. Let me see. Let's see. Is it? Yeah, Sleazy Flow. Actually, it's, yeah, it's that one. And so I, yeah, I was familiar with that song through some, like social media, really. And then. I was like, okay, let me let me check it out because yeah, I, I don't mind it. Project Red Shooters be and I ha- I couldn't finish listening to it. I think I got through. Let's see, the out of twenty one tracks, which is forty minutes, it's pretty pretty crazy. Twenty one tracks for forty minutes, they are they are kind of pretty short tracks. I maybe got seven eight tracks in. I couldn't keep listening because. It just felt way too detrimental to my like mental health. Like it felt it's it felt negative, and this is someone again. Y'all know I've grown with my rap taste. You know, I you know very much grew up backpacky, uh, minus Wayne and different Southern artists that certainly aren't backpacky. So I've always had that you know rounded out taste in hip hop. But certainly from my freshman year in college on, once I did like give in to the future and Young Thug and Kodak and the different quote unquote mumble rappers, I still don't be understand sometimes what the fuck Young Thug and Future be saying to this day. But that's neither here nor there. But y'all know, I'll get to my Spotify rap in a little bit. Y'all know how I feel about uh, goddamn what's my ESDG, uh, all of Detroit with Babyface Ray, I swear Vezo. I fuck with the niggas talking that shit from a street perspective. This Sleazy World Go shit, no disrespect. I, I I think I feel and I get it. This Chicago, very, um, what's the word? Actually, he's not even from Chicago. I think he's uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Like, he sounds like a Chicago. Like, it sounds like a Chicago sound. But, I yeah, from what I understand, he was Kansas City, Missouri. Um and also Michigan, so maybe even some adjacent Detroit affiliation. All I know is it just sounded like it, th- there's a difference between being aspirationally from the streets. Like you could talk about, you know, I said the walking down my stomach hurt. Now I can't believe I could talk, you know, whatever, I don't know, fuck, whatever, like your, <laughs> whatever narrative you're spinning. I think a lot of the artists I still listen to, even if they're talking that, like talking that talk, ESTG, he'd be talking that talk. <laughs> Yeah, come on, step your game up, sell, sell a batch of that blank rhymes with pentanol. 
and all that shit. There's still a bit of a, I may be talking about shit, but I'm not just talking about killing other black men. Like, I don't even want to say, you know, niggas, but that's what essentially is all like this project was. And I, I can't, I just can't, like, it's, there's a different type of tone to it. That is like, that's all you want to do is talk about killing ops. All you want to do is just, like, there's no, like, I hate this shit and I can't wait to, like, or even if I'm stunting, like, like, I'm, with, you know, I'm doing it with my partners and we're trying to make something out of nothing. And, like, there, there has to be some type of, and I think that's also kind of my piece is with, like, future and shit. Um, I mean, they're, they're different in a way. But because uh, yeah, features you know his his tagline is being toxic, and so you get that kind of entertainment value of it. And Young Thug is just eccentric as can be. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's some there's just something that didn't feel right. Like I really just like I'm literally in the middle of lifting. I'm like, bro, this is like draining me. Like this is this 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 is hate speech. <laughs> this is hate speech. And so I yeah, man. I I don't I don't know. I, I really do think about how many young men and women consume this shit on the regular and how like that shit really fuck up your mental bro like this shit really could really like I'm, i know you know we think about congress and all their fucking hoopla about video games and all that shit but the media you consume really does shape your mentality especially for your average consumer who isn't really much a critical thinker but if you listen to isolated thoughts we already know how you get down so you know you know that i know that you know how to navigate and narrow through um yeah, the content. That's all we do here. That's all we talk about. And I still am aware that both young, impressionable, and also kind of the more solidified minds or, you know, older, young adults that are consuming this music, you have to kind of feel and see this shit in a way. And so I, I just I just hope that, yeah, I, I'm not here trying to take no food out of people's mouth, but just be, just be really cautious about the shit that you put out. First and foremost, that's where it all begins. Because I know that if your environment looks a certain type of way, you're going to yeah, show up and talk about it a certain type of way. But I think Vince Staples is probably one of the you know, best examples. Is I mean, there's plenty of others as well that talk about, I mean, Griselda. Like, Griselda, that, that's exactly what happened. It's funny that I, I remembered that because I forgot to write it down. I literally stopped listening to this album. I was like, bro, like, I, but I listen to street shit all the time. And, but when I listen to Benny, I listen to Conway, bro, like, I went back and listened to that Conway album this year. God don't make mistakes. That shit is phenomenal. I don't know where it ranks yet. I start to finish my list for the albums of the year. But Jesus, that's what I'm talking about. You're talking about, you know, putting putting them things in the bag, talking about, you know, letting them things ring off, whatever the case may be. But it's, I'm not glorifying this shit. I'm, I'm letting you know, like, this ain't no game either. And I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of this shit either. However, there's more to it. There's more introspection. And I get that they're a little bit older and shit, but again, Vince Staples has been doing it phenomenally his whole career uh, and only gotten better over time. And so, sure, you may be clever with a couple of words, but man, I'm talking about that, that, like that studio has to be like heavy, heavy with just negativity. So, you know, that's that. I spent too much time talking on that. The rest music wise, King's Disease 3 came out fucking phenomenal. The best King's Disease and second best Hit Boy in Nas album behind Magic is Magic is Still. Oh, man. I think just the conciseness of Magic and that boom, the more boom bap focus, I still, I, it, it takes the edge just a little bit. But this uh, King's Disease 3, man. I, I don't know. If I, I feel like I want them to be on ice a little bit. Or I want to hear some more Nas features or, you know, Hit Boy and another person. Because, again, Hit Boy also did one of the, uh, Benny's best projects that uh that uh Burden of Proof, uh his like debut studio album on Shady. So we know that they're like they're still the like they're in the best of the best. And I think of course the most impressive piece is one A Nas still doing it at this level and sounding just as smooth and in his pocket. But one B is still is Hit Boy. That Hit Boy has to be put up there. Like he he has to be put up there. We know his resume has been deep. From his times, you know, with Kanye and all these other people that putting out, you know, classic records and helping co-produce, but to bring out our beloved Nazir Jones and put him in a place that Kanye should have been able to do on Nazir that had moments, 
he, he, he said, I'm not going for moments. I'm going for an entire body of work. And I've done it four times in a row now in a, a trilogy that I'm sure will end up having a part four at some point because you, you, you don't stop. Ah, man. So I'm, uh, it's a win. It's a win for everybody because y'all know how I feel about Nas and, and New York hip hop and that. Uh, I'm not going to make room for the whole Avengers. I just, just know that we got to appreciate this man. We got to appreciate this man. I don't know something going on outside. Hopefully I can tune that out. Anyhow, Scissor dropped. Uh, I didn't finish it because I was listening to it last night, and this is being recorded Friday the 9th. So I was listening to it on my way back from the movies. Also, you know, again, I, I'm a man of showing up and holding myself accountable. I do not. Control didn't move me. Z didn't. I, I don't even remember anything off that. Uh some of her features are all right, but I'll tell you right now. Right now. This SOS, I got, let's see, how far am I into that project? Oh, SOS, I am one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got to the 10th track, Gone Girl. So I finished all the way through Notice Me. I don't think I'll skip anything. I, I think I actually... Like I, the, the highlights are right now. It's only Kill Bill and Love Language, but it's good. Like if it sounds good, like it sounds good. Started off well, you know. On uh, on the podcast Instagram, Isolated Thoughts Podcast or Isolated Thoughts Pod, I love the you know the the artwork. It's it's phenomenal. Of course, I do think that she. I don't know if her in, her internal art direction matched to what she was going for, but the execution was dope in the sense of standalone. Why I say that is because she confirmed that it was indirect, like inspiration from the um, Princess Diana picture, where she's sitting on like this long ass diving board off of like a yacht or something to the ocean, and she's sitting there and she looks, she's all like kind of covered up in the sense of like her her body's balled up and kind of looking very, like, you know, despair, and I think it was, like, one of her last pictures taken before her um, accident, and SZA said she wanted to capture that, like, the she looked lonely in despair, but we look at when we look at SZA's face, she's, like, smiling, and, like, she's all sitting upright, and her hair is flowing, like, I don't know if she, <laughs> like, understood the uh, assignment that she set out for herself, but... I do think that it's just a beautiful, the way that the darker waves are underneath. It just, however, whoever edited the picture did a phenomenal job and captured a great moment. So when I finished listening to this, I come back with a review. And yeah, I I said I'm always going to give it a chance. The thing that blew my mind is if I, if I end up giving a chance to a Summer Walker album, because that's a different conversation. So shout out to SZA. I know the fans have been waiting. They've been waiting as long as this Kendrick fans have been waiting like five years. Uh, for uh, a project and so and she came out with 23 songs for over an hour worth of music so shout out to SZA for having something that sounds at least nine to ten tracks through halfway through uh, just about sounds like it's uh been worth the wait for for definitely her fans and as a casual listener I've been enjoying it but as far as good R&B neo soul that I can for sure put my stamp on age sex location Ari mother Lennox Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I waited. I, I, that's on me. That's on me. That's on me. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I'm doing that. I love this shit. I, I still need to keep running it back so I can figure out really where I want to, you know, put that pressure. Like where, like where I want to, like put this on my end of list stuff. But I'm sure whoever I'm talking to now has already listened to this a million times. So like yawning at me saying this, but. If you haven't already, go give Queen Aria Linux. Uh, go give Queen Aria Linux. Go give Queen Aria listen. And that's enough said about that. And I'll come back to towards the end of the year with my like favorite tracks and shit from that. Babyface Ray, spoken about him earlier, Detroit rapper. Um, he re- released a project, MOB. It didn't really move me like that. It had some songs I could play in the gym, but nothing like these other uh, projects that he has released over the past year or two. And Absol, Absol, really interesting what TD is doing. Again, I I wonder what their 
plan is again, given my not my overview of where they are and what they're going to do post Kendrick from a couple episodes back. I am interested in seeing, yeah, what because they're <laughs> Abso hasn't released anything since I think 2016. Um, I'm almost yeah, I'm almost certain it was 2016 when do that douche. Let me not let me not guess. Ab, how you said it? Um, do what thou wilt. Yes, that was 2016. So he's had some singles here and there, but the Carson Captain is uh, back in action with Herbert. Um, allegedly, there's a Jay Z feature. There wasn't Jay Z feature listed on the track listing, but the rumors of him being, you know, taking pictures with Jay and Jason smiling and shit. Um, yeah, it looks like. That would be, yeah, it, it does look like there could be a chance. That was like what the, all the picture rumors were about were that he was going to be on the album. So I hope so. I, I think that would be, you know, th- that's not a, a usual feature, but I feel like any any rapper that's really in the game respects Ab's pin game. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. Cause I, I really did enjoy do, do What Thou Wilt and, of course, 2012's control system. These days didn't do much for me but yeah control system and do what thou wilt definitely the black lip bastard has been uh under underappreciated but of course his release kind of schedule has impacted that and i know there's other personal things i believe have impacted his release releases but yeah he's he's never been a slouch by any means uh okay the other piece on fucking music goes is grammy nominees they dropped uh, maybe about a week or two. We just run through some of these that man, you know, should be interesting. So, Song of the Year, uh, ABCDFU, About Damn Time, All Too Well, As It Was, Bad Habit, Break My Soul, Easy On Me, God Did, uh, The Hard Part 5, and Just Like That. I'm rooting for The Hard Part 5 by Kendrick, but Break My Soul or... Really, a lot of like Taylor Swift. If Taylor Swift doesn't, you know, get something, I have not heard this project of hers, so I can't speak to the quality of it. But I'm, I'm. The hard part five is pretty phenomenal. I can see God did just because Jay Z um, album of the year, Voyage by Abba, Thirty by Dell, uh, Ooh, Bruno CD. You know, gotta get back on my Espanol, Bad Bunny, Bob Bunny. Renaissance by Beyonce, Good Morning Gorgeous, Deluxe Version by Mary J. Blige. I, I, I feel like I just missed the release of the album. In These Silent Days, Brandon Carlisle, Music of the Sapphires, uh, Music of the Spheres, right, sorry, by Coldplay, Mr. Morale, Kendrick Lamar, Special by Lizzo and Harry's House. Album of the Year to me, I really can go anywhere. Um, it's probably gonna go Bad Bunny. I, I definitely see this being Bad Bunny's Runaway. Uh, but I mean, it'd be cool to see Kendrick win, but it's definitely going to Bad Bunny. He's <laughs> this man's wave in twenty twenty two is insane. Best new artists: Anita No Baker, Omar Apollo, Damian JB JD Beck, Mooney Long, Samara Joy, Lotto, Main Scheme, Toby Nguye. Molly Tuttle and Wet Leg. Of course, I would love to see Boy Toby, who I feel like Toby has outgrown me. And it's so weird being a fan from Toby getting signed to ET, fucking Eric Thomas, and, you know, like his debut track, let alone the debut album. And then now he's just this fucking huge star. It's insane to me that um, I'm happy, but yeah, I feel like his music is. It's going in a direction that doesn't, you know, doesn't, I don't, I don't check for it anymore, but I can like sleep easy, not checking for it because he's just so big. So it's like, okay, like, Hey, I remember when you were not verified and you were, you know, had a couple, you know, 10,000 followers or something like that. And I bought the album too, because of how much I fuck with ET. So yeah, shout out to Toby. And shout out to Lotto, but I'm not too familiar with some of these people like Samara Joy and Mooney Long, but shout out to all these new artists because it's a big deal. Best music video, 
Easy on Me Adele, Yet to Come, BTS, Woman by Doja Cat, you know, I love that. Hard Part 5 by Kendrick Lamar, As It Was, Harry, All Too Well, the short film by Taylor Swift. Uh, it can go any direction. I, 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 I don't really care who wins that one. Record of the Year, that is very much all the same, pretty much all the same people from Song of the Year. Best Pop Solo, I don't really care too much about that one. Best Pop Duo Group Performance, meh, I don't really care about that one, let's see. Best rap album. Okay, God did DJ Khaled. I never liked you. Future. I, that's. I think that's. I think that's one of the most insane placements there. Like this is the album that Future gets nominated for a Grammy for. I. I guess. I. I. I really. I guess. Uh, Come home. The kids miss you, Jack Harlow. It's not as good as the first album, but I. I get it. You had the Western Churchill flows or whatever that shit's called. You had the and then the the being. Uh, where, where that shit? At? I think I think it was nominated. Um, yeah, no, Churchill down. No, that was damn. The, you know the Fergie song. The album had too many. Like had a couple big hits that it makes sense. Uh, Mr. Morale and Big Steppers, and it's almost dry. Pusha T. I would like to see it go to Pusha T. And then of course, very very close second, Mr. Morale. And then if, if God did wins our future, like if if any of the first three names I mentioned live win. I think if Jack Harlow wins, I think that Jack Harlow's culture enough that he will do like a a cooler version of what uh put that boy name. What that boy what the boy I'm gonna pop some tags. You know what I'm talking about. I can't think of his name. But that guy who won in twenty twelve, no disrespect, like not even trying to like be funny, I just can't think of his name. When he won, then God damn, I can't think of his name. Like I don't wanna look it up because I'm like, why can't I think of Macklemore? Yeah, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Yeah, and then I randomly seen a picture of Macklemore dressed up as like a stereotypical Jewish person. That was really weird. And yeah, <laughs> the weird thing people do. So hopefully Pusha T gets his first Grammy, like win as an album, solo artist. Best rap song, Churchill Downs, God Did, The Heart Part 5, Pushing P, Wait For You. Pushing P just because, that would be hilarious, but of course The Heart Part 5, and then, uh, um, best rap performance, God did. Vegas by Doja Cat, Pushing P, FNF. Oh, I didn't realize FNF was. Re- what the fuck? How did I miss that? If FNF really re- nominated for a Grammy, that is insane. I hope FNF wins just because I like Glorilla. I don't like listening to her music, but she seems cool. So <laughs> shout out to Glorilla. Best R&B album, Good Morning Deluxe, Breezy Deluxe, Chris Brown, Black Radio Three, Candy Drip. Uh, Lucky Day, Watch the Sun, P.J. Morton. Sure, Robert Glasper, that'd be cool to win, but um, I feel like Mary J's not going to win any of those other categories she was nominated in, so let's give it to Queen Mary. Best R&B song, Cuff It, Beyonce. I think that's the one I like. Hurt Me So Good, Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, good Morning Gorgeous, MJ, uh, MJ, MJ yeah. Uh, hours and Hours with Mooney Long, and Please Don't Walk Away, P.J. Morton. I could care less. Uh, yeah, I think that's really about it when it comes to all the Grammy nominations that I could really care for. Yeah. Best comedy album, uh, The Closer, Dave Chappelle, Comedy Monster, Jim Gaffigan, Sorry, Louis C.K., We All Scream, Patton Oswalt, and Lil Brains, Lil Talent, Randy Rainbow. As someone who, like, found Louis C.K. pretty fun, like, you know, rather clever, um, pre-allegations in... I don't know if you call them like a middles. I don't. I, I. I don't quite even know the full extent of how that turned out. Like after all the things, I think it's interesting that he's been like integrate. Like I always did feel like he was on. I, I don't even want to touch all that shit. I just think it's really interesting to think that like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, how he's kind of come out on the other side of all that shit. Again, I don't. I don't know. I. I'm not, that's why I'm not going to speak on it because I don't. I, I. I just remember. I'm like, oh. He may, he may need some help. Yeah, that man may need some help. And then, yeah, he was like being nominated for a fucking, you know, Grammy for a comedy album and doing shows and stuff and doing podcasts and showing up pretty regularly these days. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, oh, I thought this was pretty cool. Best audiobook narration. 
The storytelling record, Act Like You Got Some Sense, Jamie Foxx, All About Me, My Remarkable Life, and Show Business by Mel Brooks, of course, Mel Brooks. Aristotle and da uh, Dante Dive into, uh, into the Waters of the World, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Finding Me, Viola Davis, Viola Davis, excuse me, and Music is History, Questlove. And those, I've never read any of these books, but I, I definitely wouldn't mind hearing some of these books. And hey, I hope Viola Davis or Questlove or Jamie Foxx get a fucking Grammy for their audiobooks. But yeah, that is it as far as uh, they go. I read them, I did a little bit more than I planned on doing, but reading wise, let's see. We'll see what uh what comes of it, and I think it's now time to get into what the prophet watching. What the prophet watching? Yeah, I, I, again, I realize we're thirty five minutes in. I'm just getting to this point, so bear with me. And yeah, it's it's good shit though because I I really have it's been a while, so of course it's gonna be a bit of shit to talk about. But Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, I saw that when it came out. Yes, I also named in my review of the movie. I fell asleep in the last like ten minutes of the movie. It it was a long fucking movie. I am not looking forward to watching what's that shit? Avatar. That's just like three hours and fifteen minutes, bro. I just am not. I I I I don't know. I, I'm going to watch it in IMAX just again. Okay, commit to it. Do the thing. Do a review, be there, be present, be open, even though I could care less. I mean, shout out to fucking James Cavern for getting, you know, you know, to do, doing a thing, you know. <laughs> this is cinema, I guess. I, long, I've been someone who's been very adamant that there's no such thing as a long movie because if it's good, it's just it get going. The Batman, I told y'all that when I'm watching The Batman, The Batman is nearly three hours. I think it's like two, literally two hours and like 55 minutes or some shit. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want it to end. It was that good and compelling. Any movie that's long, if it's good, it's good. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I really enjoyed Black Panther, the first Black Panther. It's one of my favorite MCU movies, and that's not saying much because I've only maybe seen like a third of them. But it's a good movie. Like, it's a good standalone movie. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever still feels that way because of Ryan Coogler's direction and the writing of this movie that you can tell that yeah fucking feige and crew gave him the reins to do the thing because again what they did with namor uh, and turning him from you know the og aquaman into this version because again if you're not familiar namor's character is our name here in the comics it like he is the very i forgot uh the submariner is his name he was the first aquaman before even dc's aquaman I want to say a good like couple like almost a decade, and so. But however, 2018's DC's Aquaman movie and then Justice League and shit, it's too late. Like you, get Aquaman that James Wan directed again, the horror kind of genius and James Wan directed Aquaman. That made a billion dollars, so you're not going to make a movie featuring another version of like people are going to be too distracted, and so you have to make something original. Even though you're, even though you're, you invented like the whole like Atlantis, all that shit came from Marvel first. So what they're doing and making that like Mesoamerican, like Latinx like presence, it, it worked. It really worked really well. It's probably one of the best assets of the movie, it, as well as the Wakandan you know, kind of African inspired culture of it all that carries over from the first film. I just, I just didn't really care much because again going into the movie i wasn't anticipating watching it because i know that this is not the original movie like i know the movie that they were writing and putting together prior to chadwick's passing is an entirely different movie do i think of course that um the sister would have become syria i forgot i forgot her name already but i know that she was going like in the comics, she becomes Black Panther as well. So, like, that is not a, a made-up thing. Like, she was supposed to be Black Panther, and, but not over the course of one movie to the next. I think if they would have gave them three Black Panther movies, then come Infinity War, whatever, like, whatever their timeline was going to be, she would have then, yeah, became Black Panther. But, of course, with the tra tragic passing of Chadwick, it becomes, it becomes difficult, and here we are. 
So I went into it. I didn't think that like on screen memorial was really like heartwarming, but when this when everything went silent during like the you know the Marvel intro like card and it was all Chadwick that really that that got me because the whole seal, even the whole theater went silent and it felt like it felt like damn damn, but I respect him for doing a lot of practical underwater shit. Um, Lupita is just amazing. Beautiful black queen. Amazing. Just amazing. But the movie is cool. It's worth watching. If you enjoy Marvel, you probably will enjoy it. It didn't tickle my pickle, but I'm looking forward to uh, February to watch Ant-Man and the Quantum Verse just so I can see my boy uh, be goddamn Kang. So that's that as far as Marvel and Wakandi forever also, speaking of black, though, is that black enough for your Netflix? Fucking nominal, phenomenal. I'm talking about drop a couple, drop a couple bonds for how fucking, fucking phenomenal of a of a documentary that it is. I'm, it moves me. You have to just go watch it. It's about really the what I would call the golden era of cinema from a black perspective because it looks at the origin of cinema and again from blackface and again trying to find what it looks like for us to make our own films and then how black exploitation really is again has a lot of negative connotations to it but you know ex- exploitation films in general and then how we able to make our own black exploitation films and how so many films like Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Fever takes from like Shaft and the same opening like the fact that like movie soundtracks are what they are today are solely because of the black exploitation films and other black films in general. That's like very much the only reason why movie soundtracks are relevant and are not just a throwaway piece that they are today and are nominated for Grammys and all types of other shit are very much because of the dedication that it went into where black films in the, the late fifties and sixties and seventies would put you know put marketing money behind getting especially you know at that time Isaac Hayes and fucking you you, you name it you name it would get on the like, and make multiple soundtracks for um for movies and they would put them out before the movie release and that would build the hype and anticipation anticipation and yeah and again we're talking about some of the best R and B funk soul Earth Wind and Fire before they even you know cross over. It's phenomenal. Really, really, uh, really phenomenal work that you should check out. If you love cinema, you love film, and also if you love what's good and black. Uh, Big Mouth season six. I got three, four episodes in it. I'm kind of getting burnt out a little bit. Big Mouth. I think I, I think I may finish it because I really do enjoy Big Mouth. I think it's you know they do they have some good themes and the characters are written pretty well. It does get a little weird, you know. Still the you know hypersexuality of these. Young people, present, you know, presented on the screen, but of course, it's, it's in a way that's tolerable, uh, and has been for five seasons. So I, I hope I, I can go back and finish. It just kind of get, I just kind of got ran down a little bit. Okay, now we're gonna say this: eighteen ninety nine. Something I was really anticipating a lot. I was a little hesitant because it didn't look all that interesting. Like it looked a little, you know, it didn't really gr- grab me too much. But I didn't want to watch too much trailer anyway because. Come on, really. When I forgot who was making it, it's made by the exact same people who made Dark. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about Dark. I still have to finish season three, but season one and two. But season one in particular. Season one in particular. Boy, I fucking tell you. I still have like never seen something be so convoluted and make all the sense in the world. That's some of the best television I still have ever watched. And not, you know, Atlanta way. Um, not you know, all these other things that are very unique and special. I just think to make something so intricate where you have to pay attention to everything, the way that they casted people, everything about dark is so intentional, easy to miss. And it's just the way they reveal things. 1899. So I'm going into this. I know I wasn't expecting greatness in the same way, but I was expecting some good shit. I'm on the last episode. This show is fucking mid. It's so mid and so disappointingly mid. It, 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 
it's like it's not a bad show as much as it's a show that's trying to do too much. Like dark dark feels I don't know, 1899, I, I'm on the last episode, so I, I won't spoil anything. But I, I, I guess once it ends, I'll see, like, maybe how it's set up. It could go into, like, okay, how did this happen? Maybe. Like, like sure, we know a little bit of the motivation. But everything's explained through exposition, through, like, like two characters that are paired up with each other. They just end up revealing, like, it's like they talk to each other in a way that's, like, I don't know. It's, it's like meant to just be an exposition to like shit versus dark. What it's done like other great things. A lot of it's inferred and like a lot of it's implicit too, like are explicit about what people's motivations are, what they are, but it's be through the character development. Like it made you care about every single person. I don't care about half these people here because there's like, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And then you're like, okay, should I care more about this person? Well, I don't know about her. What what's her background? Like, what what is her? Like, what what is the past? What's her past? Why is she okay? Everyone's escaping their past. It just, I don't get it. I I don't get how it happened that way. Like what? Like, I'm a. I heard there's a, you know, long term, long time listener and supporter of the show, Sophia, watched and said that it's like a dev diary or something like you know there's like a behind the scenes and so i look forward to hearing that like thoughts process of the making of but man i'll tell you now that it just makes me want to go back watch season one season two i'll probably watch like an hour and a half like long like breakdown because i don't know if i'm really gonna sit there and watch rewatch those series maybe i will because i really did enjoy season one that i'll probably do that and then so i can finish season three since i never watched it because I, 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 I want to make sure that I'm not having a nostalgic like, feeling about the show. Because I know that show is good. And when I see people talking online, I'm getting affirmed, too. People are like, oh, if you like Dark, you're going to be disappointed in this. And that's how I feel. So it's still, I think it's worth it. It's cool little, you know, pay attention. The thing that is, like, cool, but also, like, going back to doing too much is that the idea that they're all on the ship, I won't give anything away, but they're all, like, immigrants coming over to America. And the thing is, they all speak different languages. And so they be having serious ass, like, breakdown conversations with each other. And motherfuckers don't know what the fuck they're saying. Someone's talking in Cantonese. Someone's talking about in uh, fucking in, in French and German. And the motherfuckers be like, no, my, my wife, she dying over here. Girl. And they be like, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hungry. I need some bread. I don't know where the bathroom is. <laughs> so... I, yeah, the, the show is something. The show is definitely something. And the last piece is it right here. I watched the film that I seen one trailer for. This one trailer for when I went to go see Halloween back in October. It's called Bones and All. I didn't know what it was. It seemed like a horror movie. Like, it seemed like a horror movie. Like, it's a little dark, a little scary. A little hillbillies running at people, little kids. I think they eat people. I don't know. I know what the, I know what it's about. But look, it looked scary, but look a little, you know, lovey-dovey. Like, I was like, I don't know what it was going for. <laughs> but just like everything, everywhere, all at once, not, not, I'm not making it one for one. But in the same way that, like, it's a genre-bending film. Look, Bones and All is a genre-bending film. Like, it, it's still very much a love story. It very much is a horror movie. It very much is like a road trip to Griswolds type shit. It is that. And it's a coming age. It very much is a coming age movie. Probably like four out of five of those things I cannot stand. Horror movies is the only thing y'all know I love near and dear. Love stories. I don't do rom, nothing. Uh, yeah, like, like I, I just don't come to age. Come on, bro. I'm not. I'm not. That's not. It's not for me. But bones and all, bones and all, maybe maybe my sleeper hit of the year. Has to be. Has to be. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm trying to think, what is something I've seen this year that I didn't expect to be that fucking good? Barbarian's up there. I, I, I mentioned that. Barbarian. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I like. But Bones and All will make you feel good. It'll make you sad. Like, again, it, it's in that art house horror film, the way that A24 and Ari Esther make, but not the same type of despair. But it gets there. It gets pretty close. It gets pretty close. And again, it, it if you take away all like the 
I don't want to spoil anything about it. I did a review yesterday about eleven minutes, so you can get get freaky with it, and, and I get pretty. Again, depth. Again, I don't. I always try not to spoil all of it because I want people to still be able to come back and like listen to me talk about pieces of it and shit. But still, know that if yeah, if you feel like you want to get frisky and listen to a little bit more spoiler review before going into it, you have something. But this again, podcast is always a place where I just kind of do overview. Minus sometimes I might get into the specifics. It just works really well. It, the way that, like, outcast nature of things, like, there's so many like layers to it. All that I think it just works so well. Everyone's performances, you know, Timothy Ch- Timothy Chamelay or Chamelay, like, whatever name is, did a great job. Taylor Russell, phenomenal job. Cinematography shot on Kodak 35 millimeter, because. It does a great job of like you forget it's a horror film, and then it gets horror. Like they, it gets very like, oh, oh, okay. Like it has a, man, it just has a good feel to it. So, shout out to them. Please go watch it. I think it's it has a limited theater run, so I think it's only gonna be in theater for maybe another week or two. Um, then go to video demand. Send some money its way. It's worth it's worth the price of admission, and yeah. And I think that is it as far as what the profit is watching. I think it's time to get you up something in the kitchen. Some food for thought. So give it a listen. Foodie for the duty. This week's food for thought. Yeah, kind of bring it back full circle to what I was mentioning earlier about being more just cognizant of the end of the year going into the new calendar year. I've never been one of them. I what I'm going to do. But I do feel like inclined in an organic way that I am like I'm in a position both career wise and personally that not that I have to make pivot pivots, but like it's necessary. Like I'm in a pivot position, not quite fork in the road, but I have to figure out some long term plans right now or I have to figure out something right now that is also gonna be indicative of my my long term plans. That could be me moving. Like I could like Six months from now, I could be living in a whole different state. Um, I may be able to do this more or a larger level. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what's next, and I need to. My focus is there, but it's kind of hard because I'm still seeking clarity about what is best. Because then there's also an opportunity to fucking be somewhere and do it. Not a quite career change, but a career adaptation. There's a lot of uh, there's beauty and choice, but I think I, I think I've made it clear with my own self that it's, it's really big on. Um, I I just want to do what I'm supposed to do, right? I, I I don't I don't desire for much because I only want to do what is like what is meant for me to be done, and so I I reflect back onto y'all that what. It, what are your intentions going into the new year? Now we have some weeks. It's only December 9th. You know, we have a we still have a relatively full month left to navigate, but that's perfect timing. Again, I'm not you know, new year new year resolution. No, no, just really whatever this year, like whatever whatever age you're getting ready to turn into the new year in two thousand twenty three, whatever milestones that, you know, you've been at your job for a certain place, you've been in a relationship for a certain amount of time, whatever it is that you're doing what when you look in the mirror when you sit down how are you feeling about going into the next year and what 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 do you find important that you want to highlight more what do you find that you want to create better boundaries for how do you wish to sustain and take care of yourself better uh what is it that you know is on top not on top of your list in a hierarchical way but rather just simply you know what what do you need to prioritize and so uh, uh you know offer my support just as Hopefully this place is a space that you can give your drive and listen to, or um, if you, you know, wherever you, where are you doing with your time that you sit here and listen to, <laughs> listen to my ass talk to you, talk with you rather. I man, I, I just, I, I just hope that it aids in some way, and also, yeah, again, t- chime in. I, I want to say also thank you to everybody that has reached out, um, Patreon and non-patron uh, that have shared about the the clarity update of the <laughs> of the content of the podcast. I really do. I, I'm thankful. I really am thankful. I'm glad that 
the audio listening experience has gone up for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm stop messing around. Yeah, man, I'm I'm thankful because again, without y'all support, I wouldn't be able to be in a position to even. Like it's what keeps me going. I love doing this shit. That's why I do it. But also, there's a reason why I slow down from like a traditional every week. I still try to make sure there's content, whether it be a review or something like that, on a consistent basis for the patrons. But as far as the regular podcast community goes, because I want to keep it fresh and organic. And on top of that, really because of my schedule, as I'm saying, I'm trying to figure the rest of this life shit out. And so, if I'm you know blessed to be in a position where maybe this could be something I do more foolish timeish. Uh, <laughs> I would love, I would, I would love that. Uh, also, shout out to the, um, the conflict bulletin. Uh, I yeah, this the, the podcast I just did. It was for my organization I co-created with long term and for long term and day one listeners Sophia Solano and some other peers, uh, Brittany Banner, um, Laura Diamond, and with me on, uh, we we have. We've done some really good work out in Oregon. It's been you know, a trying year, but I bring that up because for the for our, they reached out to us, our organization about you know getting on their podcast, talk about conflict transformation. I went on there and I was fortunate enough to talk about conflict artistry or organization, but also kind of name drop isolated thoughts and about my. I was able to talk kind of candidly about my own thoughts about you know conflict transformation and harm reduction and these other things that you know are essential to me. And so I look forward to that. She'll be out within the next month. And so when that goes, I would definitely cross promote that here so y'all can hear me talk in another setting where someone's actually <laughs> talking back with me. And yeah, I, there's so many, so many things. Just trying to figure out what what move is the best move. And again, shout out to everybody. I really do. I really thank y'all. I really do, really do thank y'all. And with that said, I was trying to figure out what the best outro song would be. But I think from my Spotify rap, Young Shiners, I'm pretty sure I played Young Shiners before. And so <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, let, I'll let that rock. But we'll play one of my favorite tracks. It was the second song on my top songs for 2022. And maybe my first or second favorite track from the, my again, spoiler alert, my album of the year in 2022. That is Ramona Park, Broke My Heart by the one and only wonderful, uh, brilliant, Vince Staples, so this is DJ Quick. I love you. I thank you. We gonna navigate this shit together for the better. And again, share this with a friend. Tell your grandma to tap in. We'll be back again. One love. Out. Uh, uh. I ain't never quitting on my homies from the set. Rather die legend than be living with regrets. Granny up in heaven, know she watching nigga back. G-Class flying down or as I bad. I know that you love me, but you gotta give me space. Money hungry women do whatever for a taste. For my people in the hood, what it's finna take. To have everybody living good, I don't wanna wait. The minute I'ma bust a jug, I'ma make a play. Hit the homie up and hit a leg, running where you stay. Y'all the pressure I be dealing with still ain't never changed. I'm about the money, I ain't fucking with the fame. DJ quick. See the limit on my MX. One phone call and these niggas at your address. I'm gon' ball till I'm sitting in the gray. Fuck all y'all, bedroom only get the last lab. Close your mouth when you talking to a killer bitch. They say I'm murder cut. I say I'm innocent. This ain't suburbia. These niggas ignorant. I always get my man. Only miss my bitch. Yeah. Hit me up if you wish. I'm in the studio. Couple guns, couple crips. Tryna make a hundred ends with a couple bands. Keep it coming in, keep it coming in. DJ Quick.